Yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks the artist. You are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. But before we get into today's episode, I am extremely excited to announce Just Different's very first sponsor. And so today's podcast is brought to you by ELIC. As you know, our mission here at Just Different is bridging faith and culture. And this is an amazing organization has a similar goal. They spread hope and create life change the most challenging parts of the world, such as Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa. ELIC sends people to teach in these unreached areas, providing training, support, and a team of passionate people who are ready to make a difference. They see English education as an opportunity for people to come together, share life, and come away with broadened horizons. Whether you're a college student, recent graduate, or beyond, ELIC has a program for you. For example, they have two or six week options in the summer that are perfect for college students and even recent graduates, as well as their nine month global ambassador program is a great option for recent college graduates. And so we are extremely excited to be partnering with ELIC, and we highly recommend those looking to their programs, especially if you're a college student and you're wanting to be a light and affect change across the globe and be able to fit this into your busy schedules as they have multiple programs that can suit you and your needs. And so if God has called you to create global impact, bridging faith and culture, please visit ELIC.org slash just different. That's ELIC.org just different. All of this will be linked in the description below. Much love. Now let's get into the rest of the show. Again, another solo episode this yeah. Friday. And as you can see, we're getting into a topic or rather discussion we've gone over before, but we're definitely going deeper with today. And that is gossip, um, Christian media, and really how that shows up in our daily lives, honestly. And this was inspired by a few posts that I've been seeing over the past few weeks. And so when we were thinking about what we wanted to talk about today, it only made sense and it was super fitting. But the first thing that I saw was someone is basically speaking to one of their like unpopular opinions. And it said that Christian media thrives off gossip. And another thing that I saw was a thread. That was basically explaining that building an entire ministry platform on calling people out is wild. <laughs> and it is. It's mm. actually insane. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to gossip, especially now with social media, and this has definitely been an issue way before we've had the ability to you know, give our thoughts and comments and opinions on other people's lives online. But now more than ever, because I feel like we're so inundated with just the details of what other people have going on, what they're doing with themselves, their business, their personal affairs, relationships, families, etc., that this becomes that much more of a stumbling block, especially for believers. And I think it's interesting because I do believe that there's a balance in the sense of we should be holding people accountable to the standard that they say they want to live by, especially when we talk about the body of Christ. But in doing that in love and with the right heart, but a lot of what I see people doing really isn't correction. It's just content. Yeah. And that's where the whole gossip and Christian media part of this comes into play because sometimes what I see online is, you know, different 
plat- platforms like of faith essentially look just like the world. And, and we know that just for the world at large, that negativity sells, right? And we're not excluded from that as believers. We have seen ourselves get trapped into the headline of what's happening here or there or with that person's life. And I think some of that sentiment has gone into how we may approach different things that we speak to or that we decide to cover, right? It's like, all right, I'm not necessarily doing this out of love or out of a place of correction to want this person to be better, challenge them or help them become the person they're meant to be in Christ. But it's because I'm just looking to get more attention, more eyes and more notoriety to my platform or my video, what I'm trying to essentially build. And of course, like that becomes dangerous. And you know, beyond that, when we talk about like our personal lives outside of public platforms, I think that same sentiment is there as well. And a lot of what we call constructive criticism is really just a pass for us to speak negatively about someone else, you know? Um, and so in our everyday lives, you know, go to church after yeah. service, going to dinner, Golden, I was gonna say Golden Corral. You remember we used to smack, bro. We used to go, we used to go there all the time, bro. Church, I used to go crazy. Um, Olive Garden, I used to smack too. But going wherever, Charlie's, (laughs) (laughs) you got me me reminiscing on the good old (laughs) days. Um, so yeah, we get out of church, we go and eat, and then the first thing that comes out of our mouths is what's happening with other people. Right, which can turn into all these other things in terms of character assassination, um, idolatry, and just things that take us away from the focus of our life, which should be Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's why, like, this is super important. Something that, like, I've I've noticed, I've seen, you know, micro level in terms of what's happening, like, on public platforms, but also this happens like in our everyday life, and. It's interesting how much the Bible has to say about gossip itself. And I think that's something that we mentioned the last time we spoke about it. And so I'm really excited to dive in. But I did want to start with like the definition of what gossip was and what it really entailed. And I found this particular definition from the Bible Project, I believe. And it said, the Hebrew word translated gossip in the Old Testament is defined as one who reveals secrets, one who goes about a one who goes about as a talebearer or scandal monger. A gossiper is a person who has privileged information about people and proceeds to reveal that information to those who have no business knowing it. Gossip is distinguished from sharing information in two ways. The first way is intent. Gossipers often have the goal of building themselves up by making others look and exalting themselves as some sort of authority of knowledge. Second, the type of information shared. Gossipers speak of the faults and fallings of others or reveal potentially embarrassing or shameful details regarding the lives of others without their knowledge or approval. Even if they mean no harm, it is still gossip. And so something that I saw that I love in some of these threads and conversations that were happening is the fact that Jesus never built his kingdom by tearing another down. He just built. And so I thought that was a good place to start. Just build. That's the ball. Wait, say it again, man. Say it again. I gotta hear it again. No, yeah, they def- they 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 were spitting. Nah, they, they they did thing Jesus never built his kingdom by tearing another down. He just built. Mm. Just built. I like that. I like that. So okay, I want to start with this verse I found. Right. So let's just start here because this would be this would be a major just blow blow to the to the gut. You know what I mean? It's just I I like this verse because this is like. 
the verse I mentioned last episode is pretty clear and cut, bro. Like there's no confusing it. There's no overanalyzing, right? So it talks about this in Proverbs 6.16. It says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, right? And those last like three or four are all things that I feel like definitely pertain to gossip, but more specifically the last one, person who stirs up conflict in the community, right? So I wanted to start with that because that just makes it pretty clear cut. It says these are the things that God hates. Like these are t- 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 dang. these are things that are detestable to him, right? And so when I was thinking about gossip, I personally, if I had to put a definition to it, I would just call it noise, bro. Like me personally, like simple mm. definition, gossip is just noise. It's the the chatter. He said, she said what, you know, Card- you know Kim Kardashian was doing last night, bro. It's, it's just noise. It's just noise. And I want to address this common rebuttal that I hear about this conversation of gossip that it's like a necessary evil because I even found the article and I'm going to read y'all this quote that I heard from this article. Um, cause I was looking into it. I was like, okay, I want to hear people's thoughts, like what people think, even just outside of like, you know, a Christian space. Right. So this is a professor of psychology. This is him quoting gossip and his thoughts on it. He says, it has pretty much always been necessary to know about the lives of those around you who had powerful friends who was sleeping with who, who had limited resources and who might stab you in the back when times got tough. That knowledge helped people get ahead socially and people who were not interested in it were at a disadvantage, right? So, and that's not the only time that I've heard something like that because people have this idea that, you know, there's certain types of gossip, like maybe it's just not too destructive, but, you know, to be in the know, to be knowledgeable, right? Because that's, that's how some people even see this whole conversation of gossip and sharing people's information behind their back. It's like, oh, you just got to be in the know, bro. Like it's important to just, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've heard it time and time again, right? And I think the issue with that is you're just preoccupied with white noise, like stuff that just isn't necessary. And here's the thing. Yes, it's knowledge, but because knowledge is just information. It's information, but it's like, is it um, productive information, right? Is it actually helping anyone or anything, right? Honestly, besides yourself. Um, and I wanted to bring up the verse Hosea 4, 6, which says, my people die from lack of knowledge. So this verse is pointing out this sentiment that is at the foundation of that that idea that you need to be knowledgeable, right? My people die from lack of knowledge, but I want to also get into the context of, okay, what is knowledge? We got to dig deeper into stuff, right? So when the same my people die from lack of knowledge, what specifically type of knowledge? What What is the verse referring to right here, right? So that's Hosea 4.6. And then in Hosea 4.1, which is the top of the chapter, it says, hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel, for the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land. So it's saying the Lord has a case against you. You've done something wrong, right? And it goes on to say, there's no truth, no faithful love, and no knowledge of, guess what it says, y'all? <laughs> there's no knowledge of God. It doesn't, bro. So when it, in Hosea 4, 6, 5 verses later, when it says, my people die from lack of knowledge, that is the knowledge it's talking about. So there's a lot of people who think they're knowledgeable while gossiping. Meanwhile, they're still dying from lack of knowledge because they're thinking mm. about the wrong knowledge. They're, they're thinking about the wrong dead, information. Bro. They're still dead. This verse is talking about the knowledge of God. And that's my point. Like, it's just noise that's distracting you from what actually matters, right? Which is the knowledge of God, which is which is his kingdom, which is all things pure and 
you know, what Paul talked about, think on all these things, right? So I wanted to address that that misconception because I hear that a lot. It's like common rebuttal, like it's good to know, it's got you know, you gotta be knowledgeable and it's like only one thing is necessary. You remember what which episode I bring that up in? Last episode? Listen, bro. No, you mentioned that last episode, and I was exactly about to say that because I yeah. actually went into a deeper dive of that yesterday for a Bible study. And it is it's it's very concise, but slowly but surely is becoming one of my favorite kind of verses is mm-hmm. verses or like passages, particularly like within the gospels. Um but no, and I remember earlier this year when we were kind of just like testing a lot of things out with the show and segments that we wanted to add and bring. One we were just dabbling with, I believe, was called "What They Talking About," or just us kind of giving commentary to some like cultural events that were taking place and going on. And then I remember listening to Jackie Hill Perry speak on an issue and something she said really just like convicted me and brought Mm. me to the sentiment that you're talking about. And it was the fact that she just doesn't believe in having a public opinion about everything. Mm. And the reason for that is, is because her job and goal is to equip the saints and to, to do the good work of God and what, and their purpose. And so what good does other noise that doesn't pertain to that do for anyone Mm. that, has ears to hear. Right. And so, you know, from that, we sat with it and we were already feeling it, but we're like, you know what? Like, this is so unproductive to what the goal is here, right? And what is that? It's Jesus. It's him mm-hmm. and him alone, you know? And yeah, just to your point, and I believe that was in Luke 10, mm-hmm. verses 38 through 40. And you know, in this in this particular story, and you can speak to it some more if I if I mess it up, but Jesus comes into the house with Mary and Martha, and I believe Martha is getting the house prepared, getting right. everything in order, while Mary is sitting there at the feet of Jesus, focused in before him. Mm-hmm. And then Martha comes in and she's like, Yo, fam. You gonna tell Mary to come and help me out with what I got happening back here? And he's like, Yo, Martha, Martha, only one thing is required, only one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen it. You know? Yeah. And so just applying that across everything, even when it comes to our conversation. So I'm glad that that's something that we were able to bring back up again and reiterate because yeah. that's really the center of this. Yeah, bro. Only only one thing is necessary. And I was um Yeah, so let's go in this direction. So I I was reading um the book that I've been mentioning, Growing in the Prophetic, and uh the author was talking about well, he brought up this verse that you know how people say that, you know, God speaks in the small, still voice, right? Like mm. you, I've heard that before, right? But I've never actually read the actual passage that that comes from, which I know is crazy because I've heard it so many times. But in the book, he talked about it and I was like, okay, like I don't know. It just puts it in more perspective and I love it. So I'm going to read it. It's first Kings 19, 11 through 13. So it starts. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. At that moment, the Lord passed by a great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering the cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face and his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So when I read it, it just made it. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned, not you mentioned, I mentioned how when I think gossip, I just think noise, right? So when I'm, when I'm looking at this, with this, this verse it's saying like, you, you see the wind, it's making all this destruction. Like God's not in the wind. You see the earthquake. It's not in the earthquake. It's also a fire. There's a whole bunch of, go- there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a fire too, bro. There's a fire. God's not in the fire. It says no, but there was a small, there was a small still voice, right? That's where God was. That, that, that was God's voice. It was away from all the noise, away from all of the destruction, the things that could be drawing your attention here and there, um, that could be catching your ear, but like, no, you gotta, God was there in the small still voice. So that's why I feel like even in my own life, I've been symbolically doing things that is just, I feel like it's just quieting everything else, right? Because I think that's a huge part about hearing God's voice is understanding what it is. And it's saying here, it's the small, still voice, right? So I think increasing the volume, well, hearing God isn't even about increasing the volume of his voice, but really decreasing everything else. Like that's really what it's about. I think gossip is one of those big things that you just have to, bro, the noise, I just don't want it. If it's getting in the way of me hearing God, I don't want it. That's the mentality you have to have. Um, so yeah, no, I just love that. It's like, it's, it's a small, still voice and, and it's not about increasing the volume. You just have to quiet everything out, cry, quiet everything else out and focus on the voice. Right. So, yeah. No, that that's the one It makes all the difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it definitely is. It's just, it's just noise. And so we're just so, again, like preoccupied with this and wonder to your point are like, why can't I like hear from God? And it's because there's too many other things that have your ear. Yeah. Um, and that you're giving it to. And so mm-hmm. that's just as important. And when I really think about this conversation, something that I've brought up before, we've posted a few times. And I can't remember really how I landed on this thought or really even question, but I think this was during the time of my life where I feel like I was being somewhat judgmental um, and not in a way that was righteous or loving or coming from a place of genuine correction and wanting people to be better. Um, but just more out of pride or ego or just ignorance. And something that came to my mind is why are you judging people that you're not praying for? And the energy we spend speaking about people should be directed to interceding for them. And so again, um, when we talk about our ear um, in terms of noise that is unproductive to us, um, also, when we talk about the opposite of the gossip that comes from our lips and how empty that is as well, and how that distracts us and deters us from our responsibility, the task that we have to intercede, stand in the gap, and be that person that fights for someone else in their struggle, in their mistake, in their valleys, instead of speaking about it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so... I think that is just as important and we have almost, and I actually just recently saw, I believe it was Caleb Callahan that posted this and he was saying that 
gossip is perverted intercession. Mm. And the fact that it's directed in the wrong place, right? In terms of speaking like about someone, you know, like pray for them, right? And lift them up and stand in the gap. And so I think that's huge. And then also understanding that gossip is the opposite of the gospel. Um, and the mouth and the ear of a gossip is a morsel of bad news, not the good news. The bad news, the story of someone else's sin or shame can be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, indestructive. And so, yes, it also comes down to really a challenge in your heart posture and where it's at and where that's coming from. You know, it's it's to intercede. That's where that power um, and energy should be directed to. And I imagine or could imagine, you know, what the world would look like, our lives would look like if you know, the time that we spent speaking so much about people um, was directed toward prayer. I think things would definitely change. Yeah. I'll, dang. Perverted intercession. I never thought about it like that, but I like that a lot. And I'm, and I'm always with this topic and even just anytime I feel like I'm, I might, I might feel, I might feel like an urge to um, gossip or talk about something specifically, even if it's like something that someone did to me, or even if it's something I saw someone do, whatever the case is, anytime I feel a pull, I'm reminded of the verse. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. So I'm reminded of the verse in Matthew 18 that talks about, like, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence or two or three witnesses. So even in the sense of, like, I think it it depends on what the what the mat what the matter of the situation is, but um, because I do feel like with gossip, people are a lot more quicker to do it. They feel like they they deserve to like the, they're owed the ability to to talk about this hurt that this person did against them, which you know it usually is from a place of hurt when someone you know sins against you, like the verse is saying. But it's saying like go to them directly first, and then it's like what, if the problem isn't resolved and it continues, then you go to a few other people and talk about it. So there's a, a witness of people who are in the situation. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's what it is too. You feel like you're, you're allowed to, I was just having this conversation the other day. Like you feel like with your reactions to certain things that you see people doing and, and your emotions come up, you feel like, Oh, since I have these emotions, I, it's it's only right. And it's only fair that I talk about this thing. Right. It's, it's, it's only fair that, um, I, I let these these emotions out, right? I think sometimes that's even the mentality that people have behind it, but it's remembering that verse. Like if there's a charge you have against someone, right? You go to them directly, you talk about it, see what happens, nothing changes. Then, right, it's cool to go to two or three other people, have a have a cloud of witnesses, right? So I'm always reminded of that verse too. Yeah, I don't know why this is coming to my mind, but I remember I just saw someone and I believe they were in an interview and they were and they said that if you don't have my number, you don't have a problem with me. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> he was like, yo, if you have no way to get oh, in contact with me directly via anything, you don't actually have a problem with me. And so, That's such I don't a know bar, why though. that verse made me yeah, think about yeah, that. Yeah. But genuinely right the sentiment of whatever issue you do Mm -hmm. or may have with a particular individual or person right 
your first uh, rather attempt or action um, from that after prayer is to, okay, let's see or address this, you know, one on one in a manner that's private, um, not Mm -hmm. as like a public spectacle and see what happens from there. But yeah, that. That remind yeah. that reminded me of that. <laughs> I like I like that. Man. I like that. I'm glad you brought that up because it's uh, even bringing up a point of what to do when someone's gossiping against you, right? Because I think some we've been talking about not engaging in gossip, right? But it's like, oh, what if I hear someone he said she said about something I did and it ain't even true or something like that, or like, oh, they just gossiping. It's like even in that sense, because I've been in positions like that too. You even feel even there's even more of a pull to be like, no, they started it. So it's okay if I like get into the gossip and I start doing what he said, she said too, because they started it first. And it's like, even that's like, no, you're just as, you're doing the same thing that you're upset with them about doing and you, you're doing the same thing. I don't make no sense. Right. So even in the sense of like your reaction, that's why I like what you said. It's just like, bro, if you don't have my number and you're not talking to me direct, you don't have the, like, we don't have an issue, bro. Like we don't have a problem. And that's how I've always even seen even accusations, the ones that were false. It's like, if someone hears that false accusation, like they going to hit me about it. And I'm going to tell them what it is. And like, that's that, like, I don't need to necessarily even jump the gun and defend myself. People who are interested actually about my heart and who I am are going to hit me. They're going to call me be like, Hey, I heard this or something. And I'm like, nah, like, it, no, that was false, whatever the case may be. So even in terms of reaction, you're still not even owed, um, you know, you, you don't have like a rite of passage into the gossip. Like, oh, my God, I got my green light. Like, no, nah, like. Yeah. yeah. And I think that I'm really reminded of the fact that I think we have to get to a point where we understand. And I can't remember the particular word because you know how like God has so many functions and names you know like he's also referred to as like jehovah so you have like jehovah jireh like jehovah nisi and all these things are different attributes of who he is when it comes to being a defender when it comes to being a provider um a comforter peace etc right and i think we really have to get a better understanding and come to acknowledging him as a defender and really believing that he fights for us and that vengeance is the Lord's to your point. When we have moments where we want to retaliate, whether that be in a physical way, verbal, you know, emotionally. And that's something that like I've, I've really been sitting with and having uh, to come to terms with. So it's really realizing that like, God don't play about you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like God really don't, God don't play about me. So when you really sit and can rest in that, like, None of that's going to affect where he's going, where he's going to take you. Like who can, mm-hmm. who can move the hand of God? Yeah. Right. So if he, if I know that his hand is on my life, I'm walking in obedience in the path and direction that I know I should, it doesn't matter what type of stumbling block people try and throw my way. Like who's going like in him, I trust. Like who, whom should I be afraid? Like they're yeah. mortals. What can they do to me? Facts. Like what does this even mean? And so Facts. I think to that point, in those moments, I'd be like, oh, I feel are really great opportunities for us to practice that and sit 
and allow God to do what he does best. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I would agree because, you know, it, that definitely gets. <laughs> I really hate when people talk on my name. Like, I really do. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up because I struggle. I really do struggle with that. It just I feels so just goofy, saw something, And it was the only thing, the only name or rather title that's worth fighting for is your name. And I was like, that's facts. You know what I mean? I take that very seriously. So when it comes to this, to your point, like I am definitely the person that, you know, was trying to have the conversation. Yo, who's saying what and why, you know? But yeah, yeah. you know, God don't play by me. So let him do what he does. Nah, um, for real. But I think one of the last things I did want to say that we've mentioned a few times and have briefly touched on in a few of these episodes here recently, but the idea of the quiet life and this comes from first Thessalonians chapter four, verses 11 through 12. And it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. So I love this, but verse 11 is really where it starts and ends. And it's the fact that make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. (laughs) Like, you know, I think what I love about just digging deeper into the word is like, you really start to see the practicality of it. You know, like there's very clear things right here. Like, yo, like this is a sentiment um, imploring you um, to uh, mind your own. And that's what the title of the episode was when we talked about this the first time. Now that I think about it and it came from this particular verse and yeah, I think this is important to me. Um, it's something that I'm learning. Um, is it because like the only noise around us should be that which pushes us toward him? Yeah. And I believe a quiet life definitely excludes any conversations, discussions, dialogue mm-hmm. that is so wrapped and surrounded by what someone else has going on. Um, and that has nothing to do with the knowledge of God or that what is going to promote us to that. So I do believe that that is the aim and that is the baseline for what the standard is and what it should be filtered by. Yeah, no, for sure. Shout out, shout out to my man, Alex Wilson, bro. I feel like I actually, I was looking through his YouTube channel and this is a random side note, but bro, most of his videos from the past six months have been about this idea of like a quiet life, running from the crowd, not seeking pop. Like, bro, the past six months, bro, like I can tell like God's definitely working on that message in him heavy and that he's living it or trying his best to because about every, almost every video for the past six months I noticed. So I watched a few of them um, and it just even he was breaking down scriptures and it gave me more of a context on what it looked like, because I think. At one point when I heard quiet life, you know, you hear that verse, I thought quiet life was like living like a hermit and you're like <laughs> off the grid, you're like off the grid, bro, right. flip phone, right. like <laughs> living in the woods. I-, I thought that's what that meant. Right. But um, he essentially brought up this verse 
Uh, and it, it kind of breaks down what exactly a quiet life, like what does that live like? What does that look like? And it's in uh, Luke 5, 1, 3, right? And, the, and this is the symbolism here. So it says, as the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear God's word, he was standing by a lake. Man, I don't know this. How to pronounce that? Genesaret. He was standing by Lake Genesaret. He saw he saw two boats at the edge of the lake. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a put out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. Right, and I love this whole chapter because my 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 only objections and hesitations with this idea of the quiet life was like, okay. You telling me I'm supposed to live off in the woods somewhere? Well, ain't I supposed to spread the message? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but social media is like a good tool. Like, that was always my confusion. Like, what do you mean a quiet life? Like, I feel like this is a good tool. Social media stuff like this, platforms like this. So that was always my confusion. But when you look here at this chapter, right? He's this the symbolism that uh, Alex was pointing out was the fact that he separated himself. From from the hustle, the bustle, the crowd surrounding him, the noise. He he got on the boat and he's like he like set out a little bit from the land. Like I want to get a little bit away. Like I'm still going to teach this message, but let's just like because it it says at the beginning the crowd was pressing in on Jesus. He was like, okay, I need to separate myself. Let me get on this boat and just like I'm still going to preach my message, right? So essentially, from from this chapter, what I got or this verse right here, these couple of verses was that the quiet life isn't exclusion, but it's separation. Because I think that's where the misconception was, that the quiet life was exclusion. Like, let me just cut everything off and just be by myself. I'm excluded, just me. But it's not exclusion. Exclusion. You can be separated and still be speaking and still be heard, right? And in a way, still um, be effective even in your evangelism and stuff like that. And I think even the idea of the quiet life goes perfectly with what I was mentioning earlier about the still small voice of God, right? And how when you make it your intention to lead a quiet life, you can hear his voice easier, right? Um, And I've been reading this book. I already said that earlier in the episode, Growing the Prophetic, and something that he mentioned, and this was such a good symbolism that that I, I wanted to mention. And he said, hearing God's voice is like a sailboat on a calm day. And he was talking about how in this scenario or this situation, God's voice is like the wind, right? So with the sailboat, you can't see the wind. You can't really hear the wind. Right. But it's not until you put up your cell that you start to move. Right. So you being intentional about quieting out the noise is you putting up your cell. Right. So if so, if God's if God's voice, small, still voice is the wind, it's not going to be until you put up your cell that you start to move. Right. So that that's kind of like the symbolism that he was pointing out. And the act of you putting up your cell is you saying, you know what, I'm going to lead this quiet life. I'm going to quiet everything else. God and that's God looking at you. Oh, he's putting up his sails. Like he's like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna be able to catch my wind, the wind of my voice. He's gonna be able, he's gonna be able to, or she's gonna be able to um hear my voice. And I love that symbolism because it really is like that. It's not until you put up your cell, you quiet everything else out, and you're intentional about it that you're gonna hear the voice of God. And I remember um we've said this before on the podcast as well, just about even hearing the voice of God, because you hear questions like how how do I hear God? How can I differentiate between God's voice and my thoughts? And something that we've mentioned before is like, um, you have to know his language. Something that I've said is like, knowing his language and reading his word, that's how you know his language. But knowing his language isn't going to do you any good if you can't hear him. I think that's where a lot of people are. Like, And at one point where I was at, and I'm even 
recently, past few months, it's just all been pointing to this idea of, you know, a quiet life. And it's like, I know my word. I read my word. I'm diligent and disciplined in that. I know God's language, but I may not be as sensitive to his voice and wasn't as sensitive to his voice because I couldn't hear it. Like knowing his language wasn't necessarily doing me any good because I still had noise and other things. And I had moments where I would hear his voice, but just not as clearly because it was kind of sometimes muddled out by other things. So I think he's definitely even with this month and me fasting and you know increasing capacity is just all pointing to this idea of quieting everything else else out and being able to hear his voice, right? So hearing God's voice is a balance of both, right? It's, it's learning his language, but also quieting everything else, else out so you can actually hear what he's saying. Um, so yeah, I just love all of that about the quiet life and that symbolism of the cell and the boat and that, that whole verse right there is just, it's powerful to me. No, I agree. And no, obviously it all, it all ties at all points. Um, it really is the theme, you know, so like when we talk about what is maybe like the source or even the point of like contention or resistance people have when it comes to like gossip. And I think it's because they don't find or have found entertainment like elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. also this idea that it's it's fun it's exhilarating mm-hmm. it is again entertaining and yeah. to a point that you almost question what is life without it mm. without being in the know without the gossip column without you know what we quote unquote call news now and it's because we've not come to accept what the quiet life entails and really believe that it's that much more fulfilling than what we have given our ear to already and yeah. the noise, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot more appealing and in, in the draw and mm-hmm. where more people are at, but it's in the separation um, mm-hmm. where it is quiet, um, where things are silent, um, which is where the reward is, um, yeah. where, where the peace is. Um, it's going to be that much more fulfilling, like to your life, like on every level, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and even how you walk out your day to day when you're there. And so, no, that, that definitely makes sense to me and something that I see and, and think about. Um, because I do wonder, like, you know, if like, let's just say, let's give us like one day and we couldn't speak or talk to anyone else mm-hmm. or yeah. about, about anyone else. Yeah. Like, what would our conversations look like? Yeah. You know, like yeah. how many people or <laughs> would go out of business <laughs> would have platforms. <laughs> It'd whole, be sick whole, out here. whole relationship scrapped, bro. Yeah, like, bro. It'd be wicked I think, out here. I think a lot of people would be shocked at, at how um, I'm reminded of something, right? And here's the thing. So because it becomes subconscious, like when it's something that's just so embedded in certain relationships, what you do, sometimes you don't even realize it. But it's like every time you sit down, you, you can't sit down for an hour without mentioning someone else's name or someone else's business, right? I think it becomes some subconscious you don't realize, but I urge all of you to be intentional about it. So I want to bring up this example because I'm thinking about it, right? So, so my um my girl came to see me like three weeks ago, okay, and I was fasting at the time. Like I wasn't was it like a like just no it was like a no food fast, so I wasn't intermittent fasting like just for those few days. Like I was I wasn't eating anything. Um, and she had come. And so we're like trying to find out stuff to do. We're like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, let's like you're saying, let's go out, let's go do something. 
bro, that whole trip, I realized how much your like quality, the quality time was a, around food, if that makes sense. Like, it just felt like anytime you want to do something to go to, just like, oh, let's go get some food. And I just really didn't realize until it was, it was absent that bro, like, it just felt like we wasn't doing nothing, bro. Like, it felt like there it was, that was it. So like the point is, I think that was unintentional, but even in that same vein with, um, with gossip, like if you be intentional about like, let me be more aware when I'm going into conversations to see, okay, how much am I really talking about other people? You'll start to recognize like, oh, dang, like this is such a big part of what I'm doing, what I'm saying, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like shocking. So I think it's something that you definitely just, I'm challenging you to be, be more aware of it for sure. Yeah, I'd say the same. And then just realizing and understanding how much it actually like grieves God, you know, because you have to realize who you're speaking about. You know, that is one God's creation, an individual that he's made with a purpose and intentionality. Then also what that does to the body of Christ right? Like this is a church that you are like still a part of as well. And if you are stirring up conflict and contention, that is you going against God's church and what yeah. did he die for? Yeah. What was the cross for? What was the blood for? Who is his bride? And so once you really just dig deeper into that aspect as well, you begin to realize, oh, like why this is such a big deal, because yeah. sometimes it does seem inconsequential, inconsequential or trivial, minuscule, and you just look like, you know, why Why would this be something that is like on God's mind when we think about a list of things that could separate us from him or be a deterrent to our faith? But um, it it keeps our eyes off of him um, yeah. and then creates so much more division um, in what he is trying to build in terms of unity. And so exactly, exactly. it disrupts more than what you believe or think collectively and in your own life. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I say the same, but yeah, I guess I, I really want to say really understanding the knowledge that you had, you have or don't have, right. to your point, realizing mm -hmm. what true knowledge is. And then also to my first point is the fact that Jesus never built his own kingdom by tearing another down he just built just build fam just build that's it that, that's build. that's all that needs to happen all we got to do real talk that's what we on i'm thinking so, about yeah, build, got, I'm, I'm thinking about building a barbershop bro why <laughs> <laughs> we ain't even gotta go there right now we ain't bro my, bro, my hair looks a mess though my fault oh, bro my, my fault goodness you know what like, I, I was I was looking on the YouTube bro and twelve days ago we posted a video and you had a fresh cut. It expired real <laughs> it expired real soon after that. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's okay though. That's why I'm opening up my own shop, bro. What should I call it? Yo, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> Just that's different cuts. Crazy. All right. Stark's cuts. Anyways. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> you got anything else to say, bro? Any last oh, words? Man. Oh man, let's see. Man, it really, man, it just really always comes down to priority, understand like what's really important to you. And honestly, no, 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 it's not even about realizing what's important to you, but realizing what's actually important. Like even if 
in your life right now, Jesus, God, his voice, his direction isn't the most important thing to you in terms of where your priorities are, recognizing that that is the only thing that matters, right? In spite of everything else, it's the only thing that his kingdom is the only thing that can't be shaken, right? It's the only everlasting, um, firm thing, consistent thing that you will ever have. So once you realize that, it's like the the value of the gossip, the noise just doesn't matter as much because it's like I I value his voice more. So it's like getting to the root of of the action instead of cha- changing the action itself, starting with the root and going from there, right? If the root's good, I mean, if the root's good, the branches are good type of type of sentiment. So yeah, so that's my that's my my closing that's remarks. One. Yeah, let's build. Let's get to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. look, man, y'all know what it is. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love. Much love.